Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the CHGO Fire Podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Pat McCraney. He's Alex Campbell. And the Fire have scored exactly in two games since we've last spoken to each other. Zero goals. The good news is they also conceded zero goals. There it is. Um, but that's that's not really what we were looking for, given that I believe, Pat, we said the Fire were going to need at least four points yeah. to consider themselves alive for a playoff spot. Uh, they barely got that many shots on goal in these two games. Um, and so two draws, yeah, just against the Revolution up in Foxborough and then at Lower.com Field in Columbus on Saturday. I, I tweeted this out. The There are two MVPs of these two games. One is Gaga Slanina. For sure. Who continued to play very well, whose stock continued to go up, who appears to be starting to get the attention of Chelsea corners yeah. of the internet, which... Is interesting given that uh, Edward Mendy, Chelsea starting goalkeeper, has not exactly been lighting the world on fire lately. So Chelsea fans over in the UK are starting to take an interest. Yeah. And then MVP number two was the Fire fans who not only spent their their own money and chose to go watch these two, well, what were just two dreadful soccer games, but who at times you could hear distinctly on these broadcasts over the home crowds. Obviously, Gillette Stadium is cavernous. The Revs do not draw well in general, so credit to the Fire fans there. And then Columbus on Saturday, I think the crowd there was hurt a bit by that it was Ohio State's home opener sure. later that day, and that rules all, not only in that town, but in that entire state. So another opportunity where the Fire fans made themselves heard, did not have much to yell or sing about, but credit to those who, who made those journeys and who are Sticking with this team, Pat, at a time where you couldn't blame anybody for tuning them out. Honorable mention, I would say, Fabian Herbers for two 90-minute performances. I think he was man of the match in one of them. I might have given that one to Gaga, but um, obviously Gaga and the other one with nine saves, two clean sheets. He's he's uh, right now in MLS, one clean sheet behind two very good goalkeepers on actual good teams. NYCFC's Sean Johnson and Andre Blake of the uh, Philadelphia Union. So. Yeah, Philadelphia Union, maybe the best team in MLS. Andre Blake has been the best goalkeeper in MLS for yeah. probably three-plus years at this point. So, yeah, no surprises there. I mean, Philly, jeez. I mean, he deserves more credit because Philly are just 
flambeing teams, just incinerating them, just so four, good. five, yeah. six goals a game. If we get a Philly LAFC, that, I was just going to say the same thing. I mean, yeah. the over under on goals in that game is going to be like three and a half, maybe a future points bet pick of the week. Um, 28 goals for the fire this year, Pat. It's the lowest in MLS by four. 38 goals against, though, still top 10 in the league. Yeah, so. that's it, the defense. It just, yeah. you know, these these last two games just are kind of a, a, in a nutshell of the whole season, right? Like, they can stop you from scoring. It's that thing that Ezra said at the beginning of the year. If, if we're not going to win the game, then you're not going to win the game because we're not going to let you score. They're good at that. They're good defensively, except for a few games where they, they had errors and slip-ups. They're pretty good defensively. It does take, you know fantastic free kicks and, and great shots a lot of times to score on the fire, but they have nothing. They offer nothing going forward. This is a team with Jaredon Shakiri, who was supposed to tear it up in this league and has done very little to prove that he's worth $8.15 million per year. It's a team with Jairo Torres, who's done even less than Jaredon Shakiri. I, I, Casper Shabilko, who's the third leading scorer in MLS, the three uh, seasons previous, has done nothing this season. Yeah, the so. most interesting attacking player has been Chris Mueller, who was yes. signed three months ago, middle of the season. And he seems like he's hitting a wall because he's been playing nonstop for now since last August. So Yeah, basically, even before that. He even did, before that, because... He, he kinda, he, it's he, like what we he, talked about oh, last yeah. week with Shakiri, but worse. It's way worse, Chris yeah. Mueller went from full MLS season to half a European mm-hmm. season to back into MLS. And that's, so that's rough. He's, gonna, he's going to be at about... 19 20 months straight of yeah. soccer so it's no surprise he's slowing down yeah the fire really good at making games boring um and Ezra Hedrickson as a new manager did the thing that you want new managers generally to do first first thing you do is you can't lose if you don't concede any goals so figure out the defensive side of things and, fit, and then you know hopefully build the attack later and that later just hasn't happened the fire have, you know they are a decent defensive team but just brutal, brutal once that you give them the ball. They don't seem to really know what to do with it. We're going to get more new managerial decisions here in a minute, but these two games, as you noted in, in our notes here, Pat, full circle. We started the year this way with the fire playing out 0-0 draws, and we're ending the year this way with the fire when they need wins, unable, un- unable to find a goal, find a victory, and also not showing any interest in making the trade-off of, hey, let's risk conceding to score. Right. And at a time when it, it is time to make the games wide open and see if you can win one like they did in Charlotte, right? Like, it, Yeah, it, why haven't we seen another game like that? Like, that's, it felt like that was the game of, hey, you know, we got to, the rubber's got to hit the road now. We got to yeah. go. And they went in that game and they figured it out and they won a crazy game. It was ugly, but they won. And then we have not seen that same level of intensity or effort since. No, I mean, a point on the road is a good thing normally, like you said a minute ago, not a good thing in the last two games. They needed more than that. They did not bring more than that. Now you're in a position where you need, at a minimum, 13 of the 15 available points in the last five games. That is that is the That might not even do it. It might take 15 out of 15, and there is nothing at all to indicate that that's happening. Yeah, a loss this weekend in Miami, and we'll talk about that match later in the show. Uh, currently on 538, Fire have a 4% chance of making the playoffs. A loss to Miami would put them in that less than 1%, less than 1% category yep. in which technically the math isn't gone yet, but it's getting there. And that the MLS playoff picture is really thinning out 
Um, Orlando City's recent uptick in form, even if the fire had started to play better, Orlando starting to play competent soccer might have sunk them anyway. But, Pat, let's start talking about some of the lineup decisions as you look there at the fire. 13th, I mean, the concern, and the Columbus broadcast mentioned to this, could the, they alluded, could the fire catch D.C. for the wooden spoon? I don't think they're going to, but it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. And part of the reason they're down there is the money has not been paying off. Jordan Shakiri starts neither of these games, which, I mean, what what did you make? Let's just isolate Shakiri in this decision. He, does, he doesn't come in until about the last 10 minutes of the Revolution game. Wasn't shocking. We had heard that some players weren't 100% fit, but we're going to be on the bench. Anyway, Shakiri, Shabilko, those guys definitely included in that group. He then comes in in the 68th minute against the crew, which should have been enough time to make a difference, but he didn't make any bigger impact no. in that game than the Revs won. I don't doubt that he's hurt. He's an injury-prone player. He has been for his whole career. I don't doubt. That, I don't think he's faking it or anything like that. But there are lots of guys on this team who are hurt. It's it's toward the end of the year. Fabian Herbers has talked about on his podcast that he's taking injections to be able to play. Um, it, it's it's part of the deal. Clearly, we've talked about Jaron Shakiri is far more interested in being fit and healthy for the World Cup. Um, at this point, I can't blame him because the fire aren't making the playoffs. What like I, I say shut him down if he needs to be shut down, right? Especially if they lose to Inter-Miami when you know for certain that you're not going to make the playoffs at that point. Let's start moving this forward to 2023. Let's fire George Heights and Sebastian Pelser, who clearly have not built a... They've had three seasons and clearly haven't had any measurable success. Um, let's, I, I let the new guy decide on Ezra. I like Ezra a lot, but you know, Ezra has, as we've talked about, has had some questionable decisions on some of the, the things that some of the roster decisions he's made. Um, maybe give Chris Brady a start as well as Gaga's playing, especially if you're going to release Gaga to go to Greg's uh, world cup camp and coming up very, very soon. Uh, that roster should be out next week. Yeah. Uh, Greg Berhalter was making, I guess we'll talk about this now. Greg Berhalter was making a trip around Europe yes. this past week to kind of check in with everybody. He saw Yunus Musa's probably best ever career performance to assist for Valencia. He went to the old firm and watched Cameron Carter Vickers for Celtic against Malik Tillman and James Sands for Rangers. We know he was in England. I would assume he's probably checking out some Champions League this week. So he's making just a few calls around before bringing guys together. So, again, we expect that roster to be out next week. Will Gaga be honored or not? I think there's a chance we could see him get called into September camp. There's no player limit on this camp. Four goalkeepers would not be the strangest thing. Yeah, You've got to assume Turner and Stefan are there. Um, Sean Johnson, NYCFC, probably the guy who's going to be the third keeper on the World Cup roster, but NYCFC are in the middle of a playoff push. And you could understand that certain MLS teams might not want to release players for this camp. Some guys, they're going to have no choice. Like Jesus Ferreira at FC Dallas, sorry, he's a guy starting for a fighting spot. He's going to go. But yeah. a guy like Johnson, who's not a starter for the national team, I won't be surprised if NYCFC holds back. Other guys, Ultimately, they don't have a choice, right? But it's not for the World Cup, but for the September camp. I'm saying that, you know, I won't be surprised if some MLS players don't come who have, you know, a guy like Sean Johnson... You don't need to see Sean Johnson. No, he, right. his position like, isn't yeah. in doubt. So right. maybe you see Ethan Horvath come right. in from right. Luton Town. Right. Otherwise, maybe it's Gaga, who's the third keeper, maybe fourth keeper in that camp. 
and that maybe that opens up the chance, even though the fire are off in there, it would at least open up Brady starting that friendly against Club Leon, who I assume he's going to start that game regardless, because I assume that will be a B team who goes out and plays that friendly, but we'll have to wait and see what Gaga is up to. Gaga has a lot of potential travel in his next several months that is currently up in the air. For you, as a Chelsea fan, is there any reason to think that he comes in and actually plays for Chelsea starting in January? So Chelsea actually are going to be starting their Champions League campaign here in about half an hour, and they have Kepa Arisa Balaga starting that game, and uh, Bettinelli, whose first name I'm currently forgetting, is on the bench. He's kind of a veteran, been around a lot. Competent keeper, though. Mm-hmm. Edward Mendy's currently got a slight injury that they're holding him out as a precaution midweek. Hasn't been great. He has not been good since the African Cup of Nations last winter. Is there a chance Gaga comes in and plays? It doesn't seem likely to me. If you're he's, if, so young, it if would be you're so Gaga, crazy. I've said this off show. I think the best thing for him, because we've seen that adjusting to a new place can be difficult, especially for an 18 year old kid who has never lived anywhere but the house he grew up in. Like this is this kid doesn't even have his own apartment. Like this kid lives at home. He's 18. His he's, his Instagram photos are hilarious of him in his bedroom watching soccer and it, it's it's Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, this is not like a slight on Gaga at all. He's a high school senior. He lives with his parents like most high school seniors live with their parents. So, honestly, I think the best thing for Gaga could be he goes over to London, takes a step down level-wise and plays with Chelsea's PL2 team, Premier League 2 U23 team, which again is below the level he currently plays at. But I don't think six months away from any spotlight, away from any pressure to get used to living in a foreign Mm. country by himself would be the worst thing. So I know this is not what the fire might want or fire fans might want. but That doesn't matter at this point. No, if if I'm going from the view of what's best for Gaga Slanina, I think the best thing for Gaga would be go play with the youth team for six months, get to summer, and then maybe you get loaned out somewhere next year. Or maybe Chelsea are like, we don't like any of these goalkeeper options. We're going to give this kid a shot. But I think if you're Gaga, that's the best path. Yeah. Because just, again, there's no sense in, I don't want to see him even as a Chelsea fan. I don't want to see him in a Chelsea shirt in an important game in February. That Because that tells me all sorts of shit has gone wrong. All right. I'll give you this question then. Would you rather him go on loan to a, let's say a championship side where he's going to play maybe? Or play for the fire? If those are your options as a Chelsea well, fan. Play, this is not you as a, as a fire guy. This is you as a Chelsea fan. Well, playing for the fire basically necessitates a full season loan, which I don't love the idea of. Okay. If he could, in theory, he could go on loan somewhere in Europe for six months, short term, you know, instead of the go play for the youth team, hey, let's find a low pressure situation, say Team X in the championship. Not a relegation battle or yeah, something like that. Mid-table yeah. Team X just had their goalkeeper get hurt. They okay. need some help. Okay. That sort of situation. If you can, again, you want something low stress. That sort of situation, if you can find it. So we'll see. Um, more and more, I don't think him coming back for a full year with the fire makes sense for him. But again, this is something the fire still have to negotiate. They have to decide if they think Chris Brady is ready for those number one gloves. Maybe he's not yet. Lots of things to work out, and that's stuff that will take center stage attention wise once the season ends. Pat, you alluded to Ezra making some questionable decisions. And I think we really saw those culminate in these two games. The biggest one being Andre Reynolds. Super nice kid, by the way. Nice guy. We like Andre a lot. We think he's got some promise as a pro soccer player. He's not a winger. He's just not. And 
I could kind of understand why he started in that Revs game. There was a lot of injuries, need to rotate. Maybe you're just looking for a spark. You're looking for somebody yeah. to do something different. But then when he started the Columbus game as well, and not only that, but in both games, when the Fire were hunting a goal, was replaced by John Espinoza, okay. another guy who's not a winger, who should be playing fullback instead. I, what did you make of any of that? I don't mind the decision of, of giving Andre a start. I think, yeah. you know, I, I at this point, they're not making the playoffs. They're just not. I, I don't mind giving him some minutes. Um, he doesn't look to be a winger to me. The Fire have a glut of fullbacks, obviously, because that's who they just start, decided to start signing left and right when, when Heights took over. Um, but for me, uh, John Espinoza, I'm done with. Yeah, I don't think he'll be back in a fire shirt next year. It's another, there, there's this formula that, that Heights and Pelser have come up with of these raw kids from mostly South America. One was, you know, Chinozo 04. Um, they don't hit on any of them. Haven't hardly. You could argue Carlos Tehran maybe. Carlos Tehran um, looks like the one success of that go yeah. sign a bunch of random South American kids. Yeah, I mean. John Duran yeah. still has time. Jury, jury is still And I don't count. Federico Navarro or Gaston Jimenez in that because they were high transfer fee. They were known proven. Players. They were they yeah. were playing These at are, a high yeah. level in South yeah. America, starting for top division sides. The, the, the hilarious thing about Espinosa to me is when they signed him, I had some of my sources indicating to me that there were a lot of people at the fire who disagreed and said this guy is going to be on the ground. He's red card prone. He's 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 wild. He's an idiot. I don't know that he's an idiot. I think that might be going too far, but. Um, loses his head easily he loses between his head the easily. white lines. Yeah, and he, and he hasn't been effective. Um, it's it's I, I don't know how many more failures you get, but that's just me. So another thing on the Ezra front, I threw out, hey, why haven't we seen Victor Bezerra, who's played reasonably well for Fire 2, and a suggestion that was thrown at me that I took a second to think about and that I just got mad, not at the suggester, but the fact that I think it might be right. Fire 2 played immediately after the fire against Columbus at lower.com field. Literally, yeah. there was like a half-hour right. break. And then some of the guys who were on the bench for the fire, Bezerra, Casas, Monis, those kind of guys, go out and start for fire too. If the fire are holding back a guy like Victor Bezerra from coming in and potentially making a difference as an attacking player in an MLS match because he's starting the reserve team match in an hour... And if you play him in the MLS game, you might have to change something there. That better be not what's going on here because it, it can't be. It can't. But where I mean, the, where are these kids? The, the, the second team is you don't have to win. Like, no. I, like you, you don't. There's no reason that your second team or even your academy, for that matter, has to win. The only team that has to win is the first team. So if you're playing to win a second team game or you're playing like, no, no. Which, no. again, baffles then if, because I mean, Whatever you think of Ezra Hendrickson, there's no way Ezra can actually think that Andre Reynolds and John Espinoza are more likely to score a goal than Victor Bezerra is. That seems crazy to me, too. Which then, again, so even if that explanation of saving, oh, he's starting the next game, even if that sounds absurd, which it does, the list of other possible explanations is not a long one. And so I think there has to be some questions asked here of the fire. You've got all these kids. You've got guys doing impressive things at that second level. Yeah. You've got a bit of an injury crisis, and your solution is to play fullbacks as wingers rather than to promote attackers from the B team. 
I'd love to hear the explanation, even if it's a, you know, coach speak nonsense explanation. I, I don't get it unless they have just totally thrown in the towel on the fire. But that still doesn't, doesn't explain if Victor Bezerra is fit enough to play 90 minutes for the B team. Also, why is he on the bench at all if you're not going to play him? I, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think Victor's earned it at this point. I mean, again, it's it's sort of like... He's been on the bench for like yeah. almost every MLS right. game this season and right. doesn't play. Right. It's kind of like Kendall Burks finally got we're, in like two minutes. We're not seeing training. Right. right. Maybe Ezra's seeing something in training that we're not seeing. Even I, when I, when I go to training, I get 15 minutes and I get the boot. I don't, which isn't enough to draw. They're much. doing rondos and jogging. Like there's no, I see nothing. Like it's, it's enough to take a picture. If you want, you could replace half of them with really good high school players for that. You would nothing of substance happens during that time. So I don't see what their training actually is like. Uh, perhaps Victor's not been good in training. I doubt that. I, really, and I'm just pulling Victor as an example. We haven't seen like, any of these kids get a chance. Yeah. And the, the, I should say the way their training works too is typically there's a lot of guys who play for fire two that train with the first team. There's only a small handful of guys, unless they've changed this recently since I've last been out, there's only a tiny handful of guys that train with the second team. They train on the turf field next to the grass field. Typically it, it's the, the first team has a lot of the guys that play for fire two uh, that don't get minutes with the first team still train with the first team. So there, he's seeing Victor in training up against these guys. Maybe he doesn't like what he sees, but I don't get it because I think Victor's a better option than, than some of the other people. Yeah, the, to bring Espinosa off the bench twice, I, I think that's the thing. The New England game, it was like, okay, they're kind of shorthanded, whatever. But then in the to see the Columbus game approach the exact same way, strange subs, strange lineup, all five subs not used. Both of the first two sub windows burned with one sub each. Again, we've asked plenty of questions when the front office has done things that confuse us. And as much as we like Ezra and think he's done some good things this year, I think some questions do have to be asked. And if there is change above him, I won't be surprised if there's some pressure there, some questions asked about if he's the right guy to keep leading this team, which again, though, would just usher in another total reset and feel like the club are just back to square one. Uh, Pat, we have gone a little longer than normal in this first segment, which means we are overdue to pay the bills. I'm depressed about the fire, Alex. It's, uh, I'm not depressed about PointsBet Sportsbook, though, Alex. No, make this show possible. PointsBet Sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From now until September 8th, PointsBet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. Sign up for PointsBet now using code CHGO to also get risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not it. If you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. There's some new cool ones in there go check those out download the points bet app today and use code chgo to take advantage of this limited time offer don't just bet live your bet life with points bet if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services and it's that time of the week where i tell you about owen o-w-y-n which stands for only what you need owen is a 100 plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do all of their products are free of artificial ingredients Allergen-friendly, easily digestible. They're gluten and dairy-free. I'm a big fan of that. And I first heard about Owen from a guy who features on one of the cool new CHGO shirts in the locker. QB1. That is QB1 Justin Fields. Bears are back this weekend. 
and Fields himself follows a plant-based diet. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer, 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. That is L-I-V-E-O-W-Y-N.com with the code CHGO20. That's code CHGO20. So join me and QB1 Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need. So, Pat, something we talked a lot about over the last couple of shows was who still cares? Who's who's still yeah. invested? And I think these two games kind of solidified this into maybe some groups of players who, yeah. you know, we can kind of see over these two very boring games of soccer whose head is still in it. So this whole idea I had started with you saying a couple of weeks ago, Gaga's one of the only people who still clearly cares. I think this was the last game they played at SeatGeek, the NYCFC loss. Yes. Um, so I threw out a Twitter survey. I, I led, it was not a leading question at all. I, I basically said, who in your mind still works their hardest and still cares about this team? And there were some names that came up commonly. Gaga was probably the one that came up the most from the fans. There was names that came up like in a secondary fashion. And then there were some names that... Uh, People went out of their way to say did not... Yeah, uh, right, right, did right. Did not deserve so, inclusion. Gaga, Jonathan Bornstein, Fabian Herbers, Fede Navarro, Chris Mueller, Carlos Turan, Rafa Shihas were the ones that came up probably in that order the most. Um, then there were a few that, that came up, you know, Guti, Pineda, Miguel Navarro, Duran, and Omsberg didn't come up a whole lot, but he did, and, you know, Big part of that is the broken foot, but I, I don't think that there's any argument that Amsberg doesn't care. Um, he's out there taking photos with people before games just because he's the nicest guy. So yes. he, he cares. Um, and then there's guys, you know... You're looking for him. I don't like questioning things I don't absolutely know. I, I don't know who really... Casper Shemilko may care a lot, right? It doesn't look that way on the pitch because of the production and because of the, you know, the movements sometimes, but he might care a lot and he just for whatever reason hasn't done it but that that was interesting to me that those were the the people um that that came up with the, the fans that in the twitter replies said care the most yeah and i think if you look at that first group so that was gaga johnny b herbers fede mueller tehran shihos so the, the the guys who stand out to me from that gaga fede shihos tehran those guys are expected to start contribute a lot so it is good to have guys who are Penned in starters mm -hmm. care a lot. Mm -hmm. You would like to be more than four of them, but again, those yeah. four guys do check those boxes. Uh, Fabi, Johnny B, veterans, good locker room guys. At this point, though, particularly Bornstein, they're only going to make so much of an impact right. on the field. Right. The fact that they care is only so useful. Right, right. They're, they are guys that you want to have on your team, but if your team is functioning at a high level, they are bench guys at best. Who, yeah, they're, they're bench guys, they're, they're leaders, but they're not in the 11 if the 11 is actually functioning the way you want it to. They can maybe give a, a midweek rest or something like that, but it is what it is, right? And then Chris Mueller, I think there is some um, correlation being drawn between playing well and caring. Chris Mueller might also care a lot. We can't know for sure I think he does, where yeah, his head but, is at. He has played largely very well, but as we mentioned, he's kind of hit a wall recently. My right, guess is right. he's just kind of out of gas. But we saw him, not long after he arrived, kind of stepping up into a bit of a leadership capacity, yeah. which is the thing, he, as we talked about at the time, he should not have had to do as I, the newest player on the I roster. I still remember after the Columbus game, Chris was one of the only guys left in the locker room. 
Uh, most of the guys had bailed after they they went up 2-0 at halftime and then lost 3-2. It was a disaster. Uh, Mueller was there, and he was there questioning and calling out the uh, heart of some of the, the players on that team that night, and, and rightfully so. Um, he earned my respect that night. He has not produced at the level in the last few weeks that you would hope for him, but I still think he's a good signing and a good addition. Uh, guys that were not mentioned ever, Shakiri Torres, Gaston, although he's hurt. I don't know that I question whether, I think Gaston cares, but maybe I'm wrong. I think it's his style of play. Yeah. People. Right. So right. He, he's right. a very, what's the word I'm searching for? He's kind of, he's kind of one of those luxury, elegant players who yeah. he does. He's not a big sprinter. He's going to kind of float around. So I think people associate that style of play sometimes with yeah. laziness, which I don't think is fair. Right. And I've, you know, from what I've heard about Torres, to be fair, uh, from people that know him, um, he cares very much. He just hasn't produced. So like to your point, caring and production, it's, it's interesting to me that the people that, you know, the, the people that were named are defensive and the team is actually pretty solid defensively. Although uh, Boris Sekulich was not mentioned once, I don't think. He's, Boris Sekulich has this season been just, this isn't a positive or a negative. He's just been like anonymous. Like you'd never notice he's there. He neither makes crucial mistakes that result in him getting a spotlight put on him for screwing up, but he also doesn't do anything good enough to stand out. He's just kind of there. Like I, yeah. I, I've thought about him very little this season, and again, that's not a criticism necessarily. It's just he's for a guy who starts most of the time. It, I, I feel you. I, I don't think about Boris very much. No, and I don't know that that's a. He's defense. He's a defensive player. Maybe that's a good thing that I don't. He doesn't. He also might be the player yeah. whose name gets said the least in broadcasts. Yeah, like if the ball just doesn't find him much, he's not really doing anything progressive with it. He's either generally passing in field to a midfielder who then does something, or he's passing it up in front of him to the winger, or he's just kind of passing it sideways. Not a lot of progressive passing going on from Sekulich, but then again, he doesn't make defensive mistakes, so it's he's just kind of there. I don't know. He's one of those guys like when the fire making decisions for next season. Like I'm not going to have a strong opinion of if he stays or not. I think he's on like 600,000 or something like that. I think they can do a lot better with that money. But I also don't think he's bad. No. So, you know, if he stays fine, he's what, 31? Something like that right now? Yeah. Um, I, If he stays fine, if he doesn't, fine. But I think Shakiri, though, I think everybody's kind of on the same page now with him. We know, we talked about this last show. We know what's going on here. Shakiri is, you know, again, he's injury prone. He's aware he's injury prone. He very, very badly wants to play in what's going to be his final World Cup for Switzerland. And the fire, particularly given that they are not in contention for anything, are not a high priority. He's on a three-year deal, though, I believe. It, like, There's two more seasons of this without a World Cup hanging over him. And the question is, does that help? That he maybe he just goes all out, gets injured, and, and misses big chunks of the season? Or does it hurt in that he doesn't have a World Cup to look forward to? Switzerland, man. Switzerland. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm telling you, they're... Why did Joe Mansueto buy that team? So far, the answer has been Nacho Alicetta's contract. And we might certainly, might soon have a much uh, much better uh, better reason from the Fire's perspective to have a, um, a, a large bank account in Switzerland tucked in the Alps. Um, before we move on from this, though, Pat, you know, is this something, when we talk about, you know, what the Fire need player-wise, we often talk very much in a soccer tactical yeah, sense right. of, what, right. what type of players the fire should be signing? How much importance relative to soccer abilities should ha- should attitude have 
for the fire at this point in terms of who they signed. Because I think part of the reason we talk kind of about this Groundhog Day-ness that the fire have about them where everything changes, nothing changes, and every season, even if the characters change, feels the same. I think a large part of that is they're just the culture of the team has not developed and grown like you would have hoped it might. No. Um, I think I think in part of that is a lot of these these um, signings that we talked about earlier in the show that that just haven't been super effective. These let's look for a diamond in the rough and it just never happens. Um, I, I think that uh, Heights said a smart thing at the beginning of the season. I think this was at the Shakiri news conference. He said we're we're looking to change the profile of the player. We're we're looking for guys with a proven track record of winning, which you can't argue. You know, Shakiri has a proven track record of winning, although. He was a how responsible he was for the exactly. winning these teams were doing can be debated. Yeah, I, I don't think that Bayern wins or loses without him, and I certainly know that Liverpool the same doesn't win or lose without him. He he did some good things, but he wasn't the key factor in any of that. And um, Stoke and Lyon, not good. So um, uh, as as a extra kind of stab to the heart, you know, the, the Premier League every day will t- every morning will just tweet out like a great goal. From the past, and this morning they tweeted out Shakiri just banging in a 35-yard bullet <laughs> while he was playing for Stoke. He's got quality. He's definitely got quality. To be fair, it was against Hull City, so, you yeah. know. Um, it, so, you know, I, I do think that there's something to be said with um, bringing in guys with a history of winning. Ezra has a history of winning um, in this league, albeit as an assistant for a long time as a coach, but he's, he won MLS Cup with, with the crew in 2020. Um, Ezra won as a player. Um, I think all that is is important to factor in, in in who you're signing. Mentality is huge, right? Like, I don't think John Duran's mentality has been great. I think, but it's about what you'd expect from an 18 year right, old right. living in a new place for the first right. time, which it, and, it lets you know how special Gaga is, and that his mentality is insane for a kid his age. So right, um, yeah. Duran again. Duran doing saying dumb things on Instagram is what we expect from eighteen-year-old soccer yeah. players. It's a, and and I I to, to Heights his credit, he said that too the last time he spoke, and I I actually agreed with that point. Like we have to allow an eighteen-year-old to occasionally make a mistake without killing him. Really right, and again, yeah. Gaga again right. sets completely right. unrealistic standards. Right. He is yeah. Gaga's eighteen, going on forty. So you know mm-hmm. it's. That's not normal. Again, also an 18-year-old goalkeeper being this good, not normal. So you can't use that as the measuring stick. It's, I mean, that's mentality, though, is the single biggest reason why Gaga's good. I would argue even over his physical tools. His, his, he is, from what Ezra has said, the very first player to show up every single day, the last player to leave. That's an old cliche, but it, it, those players are, are actually successful. More often than not, the, the work you put in correlates to the success you have more often than not. Sure, some of it is physical tools and talent, but with Gaga, it's everything. It's mindset, it's work, and it's and it's physical tools, and he, he maximizes those. That's the kind of guy you want, but they're so rare out there that, that they're not probably going to play in MLS for very long. So um, I do think that, though, to your, your question, mentality is absolutely massive in who they bring in because if you're trying to build a winning culture – Right, if you're trying to foster a culture like Seattle, where although they might finally miss the playoffs this year after they won Concacaf Champions League, if you're trying to foster foster a culture where 
players of, of lesser quality come in and immediately raise their level because of the culture at the club. The fire do not have that at all. Um, and I don't know how you build that. And, uh, you know, I think it starts from the top and, and these guys have had three years and it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Seattle missing the playoffs is obviously odd. I don't think anybody doubts that they're going to bounce back right. next year. Right. The fire, there is no, you know, there's no reason to think no that, that they're going to be better than 11th, 12th, 13th in the East. That's just kind of where they are right now. On that uh, not-so-happy note, it is time for this week's Points Bet Pick of the Week. And, Pat, we found a game over <laughs> in Europe that we simply could not ignore. It is Nacho Aliceta and George Heitz's and Joe Mansueto's FC Lugano against Rafael Vicky's top-of-the-table BSC Young Boys in the Swiss Super League. I can't wait to find out what happens. I don't think it's on. It's televised in the States. I could be wrong on I that. I don't believe you can watch the Swiss Super League in the U.S., as far as I know. I, unless something's changed. Uh, I cannot wait to find out what happens during this match. But uh, you think there's some value here. Yeah, so online right now, BSC Young Boys are being heavily favored very strongly. I think they're like minus 200 to outright win this match. They are top of the table, but their form has been wavering a bit. Um, meanwhile, Lugano literally are alternating wins and losses. They've played seven games. They've won three and lost four. No draws at all. But they have, over in their last few games, they've gotten wins over Giants Basel and also against FC Zurich, who's been a team who's, you know, flirted mm -hmm. with European competition in recent years. Points bet right now has Lugano plus one and a half at minus 135. And I personally think that's some really solid value given the current form of those teams. I don't think we're going to see young boys blow Lugano away. That's fair. That's fair. Well, there, there might be some value there. I would be entertained if young boys blew Lugano away. Part, I mean, it would, it would be kind of funny, but, you know. Yeah. I liked Rafa Wiki. I, I, don't, like, I, I don't totally disagree with his dismissal last year because I said this a million times on the show. I think that, that maybe he kind of lost the locker room, but I like him personally, and I wish him well, and uh, I think it would be entertaining to see him. Come away with it. Yeah, uh, Tom Bogert of MLSsoccer.com, uh, literally like an hour after we yes. talked about this last week, uh, tweeted out that he had had Rafael Vicky on his podcast. So uh, that was uh, pretty well timed. Maybe we can get Rafa on the show at some point, depending on how Young Boys season is going. They'll have some European competitions starting in the next couple weeks to contend with as well. So certainly something to watch over in Europe. For fire observers, if you are looking to invest yourself in soccer teams that are not the fire. But speaking of the soccer team that is the fire, they do play another game this weekend. Enter Miami out at good old SeatGeek because the Bears open the season this weekend and thus no Soldier Field for the fire. Miami, Pat, was one of the teams that was below the fire in the standings about a month ago. And then Gonzalo Higuain decided he was going to learn how to play soccer again. He put his cigarette down, <laughs> he put it out. And decided maybe yeah. go to a few less nightclubs, eat, eat a few less, a few <laughs> less American fast food meals, and amazing, you know, Fabian Herber's life coach. That's really the thing that we most <laughs> want to see is this is the first match between these two since Fabi made international headlines. That was wild. <laughs> <laughs> so We're weird. Calling out uh, Gonzalo Higuain as being. Um, a angry sort of bad teammate who did not care about others, you know, taking snipes at his guys on the field, walking um, some of the things we've seen from some other people here in Chicago, but uh, we already you, talked about that. Yep. Um, 
so this is going to be entertaining from that standpoint is Fabi said, I listened to his uh, most recent podcast and he said that they don't think, and maybe it was Julian that said it. They don't think that Higuain even is aware that this happened. This is a guy that's, you know, so worldwide famous that he maybe doesn't pay attention to these sorts of headlines or maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he does. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be entertaining for me though. I just really want Fabi to ask for his Jersey again. Cause that, you know, more than anything, I just want to see what the reaction is there, but I doubt he will. I mean, it's, it's all we can hope for. Miami are wavering a bit. They've lost their last two to Red Bulls and Columbus. They're currently in ninth, but they're only two points out of the playoff spots. And I think they have a game in hand too, because they didn't play last weekend. So if you're Miami though, you're going to look at the team that's in, you know, 13th, 12th place and be like, yeah, this is a chance to get three points. So the fire at this point are really playing spoiler more than anything, right? Yes. Uh, The fire, if they come out like they did the last time they played at SeatGeek, it will be no contest, probably over in the first half. That game was absolutely lackluster. That's the one where Shakiri was walking, let guys run by him, um, offered no defense at all, which is, you know, maybe not what he's paid for, but you would expect from one of the leaders on your team every now and then to get stuck in and play a little defense when your team was still in the playoffs, and they very much were in the playoff picture at that point. Uh, since then, they've lost three and drawn two, two points out of their last five. Pretty terrible, um, especially with the playoffs on the line. So um, I'm kind of excited it's back at SeatGeek. Uh, I kind of enjoy- enjoyed the last little one-off game there. Until the soccer started? Yeah. Uh, hopefully they have some more gates open for the parking lot. Um, also, just in general, because uh, quick aside, like the Red Stars remaining games at SeatGeek this year are going to matter. Like, the Red Stars are currently hanging on to the final playoff spot. They actually are above the line right now. Yeah, they are just above the line in NWSL. And basically, the way it looks is the Red Stars or Angel City is going to get the last spot. They play each other at SeatGeek on the final day of the NWSL regular season. So, something to keep an eye on for the uh, the Chicago soccer team that still has uh, legitimate playoff hopes. Fire... Opened the season in Miami. That was a weird game. It was a nil-nil draw. It was the debut of Shakiri. It was, it was a lot of things, and but what it wasn't was good. It was not great soccer. So we'll have to see how it works out. I'm with you, Pat. I think that if the fire come out like they did against NYCFC, Gonzalo Iguain could put this game out of reach in a hurry. Yeah, um, I think it's it's probably not going to result in a fire victory. Although the fire probably have another win left in them. Before the season's over, I, I don't know that this is going to be the one. Um, at this point now, if they do lose, as we talked about earlier in the show, they're not mathematically eliminated entirely from playoff contention, but they are in the less than one percent chance of making it. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think that uh, after this point, if they do lose Saturday that you need to keep pretending anymore. And I think you could start to see, hopefully, guys like Bezerra, maybe a Chris Brady start. No slight to Gaga, but it would be cool for Chris Brady to get a start. Um, Guys like that getting more minutes because what's the point at this point besides looking toward the future? Yeah, I guess what do you – so that's what we want. What do you expect to happen? How do you expect, you know, say the fire lose this weekend, hypothetically, and then a question gets asked that's been asked a million times to Mansueto and Heights and Ezra and everybody, now what? Yep. What do you think? What do you think their answer is going to be after another season of this? You know, if 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 someone were to ask Joe Mansueto, 
you know, given the expectations you and the club had this season, what should be made of where it's ended up? How is it that brand new expansion teams come in and are immediately better than this team? Spending less money. How? How is this still acceptable? How? It makes no sense to me. It, it's baffling. It's unfortunate. Again, and I mentioned at the top of the show, there are fans who are willing to travel to New England. Yeah. Which, despite it being Wyatt Amsberg's favorite stadium, is the worst stadium in MLS. I'm sorry, Wyatt. Um, you know, travel to Columbus. There, there are fans going to see this team lose or draw or it might as well be a loss. And I mean, even the fire social media reflected this. It's Gaga and it's, hey, are these, the, the fans are great. And those, those are the two things they've got going. What happens this winter if Gaga's gone? You know, Chris Brady, by all accounts, very, very good goalkeeper. Maybe just as good as Gaga. Yeah. But you're not going to ask an 18, another 18-year-old to suddenly be the face of things. And Chris Brady is a character, is a little more reserved of a person. I would say than Gaga is. He's he's definitely less active on social. He's more of a just he's gonna quietly go about his business kind of guy. Um, you know, Bornstein and Herbers are another year older. Like again, what when things aren't going well, the place the team has looked to this year is an eighteen year old goalkeeper, and that has in, in by kind of extension given fans something to hold on to. And the fans have a really good relationship with guys like Bornstein and Herbers, and that's something to hold on to. Mm -hmm. If and when you take those things away, all you have is a lousy soccer team. Then what? Like, you've got to, at that point, right? You, you know, there's nothing, you know, there's there's no... There are silver linings right now. But those silver linings are, you know, the time on those is expiring. Potentially very soon. Potentially at the end of this season. And then we heard, you know, Johnny... Borenstein says he wants to play as long as he can. He's 37 going on 38 years old. We don't know how long that's going to be. Yeah. Herbers is a guy who, you know, does he want to stick around here? Or does he, you know, maybe want to reunite with a guy like Jim Curtin as a role player, pseudo player coach on a team like Philadelphia who's going places? Like, you know, what does he want to do? You couldn't blame anybody who's got the option not sticking around with whatever this team is unless there is some new reason to think there's hope. Again, there was at the beginning of the year, guys like Casper Shabilko comes in, looks hurt all year, doesn't do much. Jordan Shakiri, even a World Cup is not enough of a carrot to, to you know, produce, you know, the performances, the top-level stuff we know he's capable of. Maybe too much was asked of him. Maybe there wasn't enough around him to support what they wanted him to ultimately do. But it's just... Gaga, in particular, has provided this kind of light in the darkness of sorts. And I don't want to be sitting here next February when we're previewing the start of the season and saying, I've got nothing. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to be hanging on to because you've got to give not only the fans, but the players in that locker room, you have to give them a reason, especially in a league like MLS where year to year anybody can win. You've got to give them a reason to believe that it's possible. And I just don't know what those are going to be for this team. I think we leave it on that note. That's well said. Fire. Play against Miami this weekend. If they get a win, that 4% might stay, might tick up a little bit in their odds. They might just barely hang on. They might knock Gonzalo Higuain in Miami out of the playoff picture. But this season felt like it died on that crappy field up in New England. 
and the Columbus game looked like everybody was just mailing it in and waiting out time. And it feels like that's a really unfortunate way for this season to end, given the things that have been the bright spots. And particularly for a guy like Gaga Selena, you do not want this to be the memory of his time as a member of the Chicago Fire, as the guy who was acrobatically diving all over the place while no one in front of him did enough for it to mean anything. Yep. <laughs> that is that. Lots of other fun stuff going on here at CHGO. We will plug some of this right now because we need to end on a higher, more positive note. Lots of cool stuff. New people coming into the building on the bear side of things. Football season starts this weekend. Yeah. Be sure you're following our CHGO Bears coverage. That's going to be really fun. Starts in 12 minutes, I yeah. think. So. Uh, Chicago Sky, WNBA semifinals continue tonight. The Sky have a chance to win game four of this series, not have to come back to Chicago for a decisive game five and advance to the WNBA finals for the second year in a row. So be sure you are following all our CHGO Sky content. Again, a shout out to the Red Stars. They are still in contention to make the playoffs. Some very important games in Chicago. So be sure you're following Sandra and Claire's work with CHGO Red Stars. The baseball teams, it's a weird time. The Cubs are kind of out of it. The White Sox might be back. Maybe. I'm hoping. Could be back. Maybe, you know, um, you know, all the best to Tony La Russa and his health. But the, the White Sox, I don't believe, yeah. have lost a game since he left. So, you know, maybe they've lost one game. Just a thought. Things are looking up there. So, again, lots of cool stuff going around here. Lots of stuff we're excited about, excited to be a part of. So follow all that exciting stuff, even if the fire kind of sucks sometimes. And on that note, <laughs> for Pat, I'm Alex. Thanks to Joey behind the scenes today. We will see you next week. And maybe the fire will finally be eliminated, or maybe they will have desperately given us something to hang on to. Until then, thanks for listening and watching, and we'll see you. Howdy.